let's uh, get it going, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode five of the Kickout Crew. My name is James Elcori. We want to welcome you to another exciting and fun episode. Uh, obviously, the Kickout Crew consists of we got Mike Whitaker, we got Brad Stanton, we got Coach Rosie, we got hey, let's go. We got Big Time Mr. Two Pod, Big Time Bama, Adam, and uh, once again, uh, thank you for joining us today. Glad that we've got a bunch of positive feedback, and uh, I think one of our downloads may be hitting triple digits. But uh, that being said, you forgot you Devin Dowling, huh? You forgot Devin. I said Devin. No, I said no, before you Adam. I loved it. Fuck Devin. He's on yeah, trial. Waited. I think Rosie screamed during it. <laughs> and then we also have Devin. <laughs> well, Devin. Thank you, James. Yeah. Oh no, it's Brad's show. He's the one that pointed it out. <laughs> that being Devin, said, why, uh, why is it never our show, Devin? Why is it never our show? Devin? It's always Brad or James' show. Always. Yeah. Right it's episode show. Five. It's always. Show. All the effing time I hear that too. You show, you show. Lift out, brother. Oh boy. Adam, you already got another show. Who the hell is that talking? Because I can't understand a fucking word of it, huh? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Hey, is that a Ron Simmons autograph in the background, Devin? Is that Ron Simmons? Yes, sir. I bought my Ron Simmons to match your Ron Simmons, baby. Nice. We might as well talk this shit over. I have a calendar of friends. Is that the same thing? This is us. Let's start with that. How was this is us? Because that's that's the pressing question everybody wants to know. As we're recording, the last episode has not aired, but by the time this airs, it will be out. So I have no opinion right now. But, <laughs> However, uh, I'm sure it was good, great. We don't have an opinion either. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be really great when it's over. That way, uh, hopefully, we'll be discussing it. That'll be awesome <laughs> too. But uh, that being said, that's enough of uh, you know my job. Um, Fine. Brad, this is the first, you know, you know, two. So, Brad, how's your week been, man? Uh, give us a little shout out on this new job and how it's, uh, you know, how you're loving life and everything. Uh, I'm done with the new job. I hate the new job. I can't watch any wrestling during the new job. I'm trying to watch wrestling. People are coming in. They're they're interrupting me. I I I just finished Dynamite this afternoon. I just finished next next um blah, 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 NXT this afternoon. I'm way behind on everything. I'm not liking it, but. We all have to move up in life, don't we? So, but you know what I want to talk about today? I want to talk about Ric Flair. Woo! In <laughs> uh, a, a major point in the news right now, Ric Flair is making his uh, final in-ring appearance, uh, performance, match. Uh, it's going to be at the end of at the end of July, uh, SummerSlam weekend. It's going to be part of uh, the Starcast uh, show. And he you is can gonna- buy uh, bracelets are on sale, and you can also uh, support that at fight.tv. That is fight.tv, Starcast. So he is 73 years old, 73 years old, and he is going to be make- getting back into the ring. Um, a lot of different opinions on that. I heard one on repping it up with Brian Hebner with our good pal RJ. Uh, RJ or Brian does not think it's a good idea at all. Actually, I know this is my time to talk, but I want to kick it out to every one of you, kick out crew it to each one of you. Uh-huh. See what I did like there? Yeah, I like that. And um, then I'm going to tell you something at the end. So, James, let's start with you. What do you think about Ric Flair making a coming making a comeback? Uh, definitely, as a wrestling fan, uh, I would be really excited to see it for sure. 
as a human who also is a fan of Ric Flair, man's has some uh, issues. We all know, especially kind of not recent, recent, but recent enough. If you get his heart rate jumping up and him doing physical activities, I believe he does have a pacemaker. That would be something I would worry about. It is a little uh, scary. I, but I mean, that's obviously being, you know, a bad negative person. But if he goes out there, it gives us one more like nature. I mean, who wouldn't love that? That being said, the health stuff does scare me, but he really has some like he can cement his last video, his last match of his last, you know, the video of that. If he does a good job, people will be like, you know, Ric Flair went out like styling a profiling, baby. But it does worry me for sure. Okay. Uh, Josh, I really wanted to ask you especially, um, and I want you to be honest with us, Josh. I know you work for uh, uh, First Family Mortgage. However, what do you think of Ric Flair going back into the ring? You're muted. You're muted, Josh. First of all, I'm a competitor. He's a competitor. When it comes down to it, whether you're 17, 27, 48, or 73, you're a man. And you have that competitive streak in your soul. Somebody can tell you it's dangerous, doesn't matter. To me, he's got to accomplish this for him. He's been through a lot, health scares and whatnot. But you know what? This is for him. He doesn't, he's already said he doesn't need the money. He's doing this because he wants one last walk down that aisle. Jim Crockett promotion, final time that they're out there. Ric Flair, Jim Crockett promotion, one final time. I'm all in. I'll be there. And I can't wait to see it. I don't care who he fights. You know they're going to take care of him. If Conrad's putting this all together, he's not going to let his father-in-law take the, uh, the, the, the slam on his side, the flip over the rope. Rick's going to do what he does best. He's going to chop people. He's going to talk a lot of shit. And who knows? Maybe he'll become the 17-time world champ. Because without a shadow of a doubt, Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth. And with a tear in my eye, July 31st, I cannot wait to see him one last time. Well, uh, even though this was my idea, I feel like Josh was ready for that, huh? All right, Mike, Darth Vader, let's see what voice comes out. What do you think, though? Oh, man. I don't know. I, it, I'm excited to see him. I'm, <laughs> of course, my shit's fucked up. Um, I'm excited to see him as long as he does it right. If he does it right, he gets in there, maybe do a couple of damn slaps, everything else, put some in the figure four, do a woo, we're good to go. He ain't going to be taking no bumps. He ain't going to take no suplexes or that top rope thing he does, nothing like that. I think we'll be good. Just get him in the ring, then make the fans happy, and put a show. All right. What do you think, Devin? Uh, I'm excited to see it. It's uh, it's Ric Flair. He's the greatest of all time. Walking that aisle, styling, profiling, one last time. Do you actually enjoy his that... matches, Devin? Do you enjoy his matches? Oh, yeah. I love Ric Flair. I went back and watched a lot of them. Okay. But 
Um, by the rumors that I've heard, it's going to be that the Rock and Roll Express and uh, Ricky Steamboat are also going to be involved. So I think that's exciting. Like, uh, I think let all of them have one last ride. Why not? Like, right. uh, like Coach was saying, he's not going to go out and do his big, you know, drops off the top rope. He's going to talk trash and chop. And that's all we want in Ric Flair. All right, Bama, in-ring performer, uh, the retired in-ring performer, a lot younger than Ric Flair. What do you think, huh? Well, there's a guy in Tennessee by the name of Jerry Lawler that still gets in the ring from time to time, and he's about okay. the same age. So if he can get in there and do it safely, I'm not mad at him. I mean, the thing with uh, Dragon Steamboat, I think he was asked, but he turned it down because he wanted the fans to remember him the way he was. He don't want to go out and be like a shell of himself, kind of like Undertaker was talking about. And so um, I think he was asked, but I don't, I don't see him doing it. But I heard FTR is going to be involved also. So hey, FTR, Rock and Roll Express. Uh, there's somebody else they said they might ask. I can't remember who it was. But if FTR is involved, Rock and Roll Express and Ric Flair, that sounds like a hell of a six man to me. I don't care who that six man, six person is. So and I don't mean to interrupt, but I can tell you that that sixth man might be a mystery till the night of the fight. FTR, Rock and Roll Express, I think they're in. Number six, you know, he's been practicing with Jay Lethal. You know, why can't, I mean, if, if they're working on things, and I'm not going to say choreographing things, but he's been working with the Nature Boy, Jay Lethal, Imagine him and Ric Flair one last time on the mic wooing each other like we saw an impact way back in the day. That'd be a hell of an experience. But uh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. You're not I'm getting passionate about Ric Flair. He is. And, and here's a true story uh, for the listeners. Back when I was 12 years old, my dad had to take an extended vacation um, with, you know, certain black and white stripes and bars and all that. So he, he, he took about 18 months vacation. I didn't see him for 18 months, but before he left, he said, Josh, I want you to do this. If I don't make it out from vacation, I want you to watch Ric Flair and whatever he does, I want you to emulate because that is the definition of what a man is. Now, thankfully he made it back after 18 months, but if not, Ric Flair was my second father. Well, I will say this, and this is how we're going to end it. March 13th, the year 2000, May Young was wheeled in a wheelchair to the ring by Devon Dudley, handed over to Bubba Ray Dudley, who powerbombed her off the stage and through a table at the age of 77 years old. So all I have to say to that is good for you, Rick, and Woo! I'll be yeah! Let's go! She so also man, told Bubba Ray Dudley. She also told Bubba Ray Dudley, if you don't do, if you don't slam me like you do the boys, I'll come back and beat your ass. Yeah, exactly. May Young can do it. Ric Flair can do it. Yep. Jerry Lawler can do it. Ric Flair can do it. Woo! That's right. Woo! Woo! The best right. woo is when he does that real slow and like woo. That was terrible. <laughs> and dips Devin, out. let's hear your woo. Devin, let's hear your woo. Woo! Mid. 
<laughs> it's that nitrogen in that Pepsi keeping right, for real. True. True. Couldn't get that guttural woo out of there because you know it's you don't have the that. diaphragm. I think is what you it got is. that. Yeah. Cheers to you, Rick. We are all gonna be watching, and we know you got it. We know you got one more in you, pal. Woo! Woo! And if you I'm need it, I'll give you mouth to mouth that night, Rick. No problem. <laughs> I bet you would. You'd probably I'm give a mouth a penis class. that night. <laughs> All right, I'm ready, I'm ready to see some of the classics. Oh, man. Well, Brad, as always, enjoyable shit. Coach Rosie, that came out of nowhere. That was really good stuff. Uh, Adam, you've had a very adventurous, uh, I would assume, week. And uh, we kind of dogged you on the last episode. I was going back watching some, and uh, we kind of dogged you on that. So take it away, buddy. The floor is yours. Oh, man. Do, working the dream, you know, two jobs, two kids, and uh, two podcasts. Two pods. Po- oh, two podcasts. <laughs> and um, apparently, I'm a defense lawyer for Mr. Devin Dowling. Fuck Thank you, sir. Self appointed, by the way. You did try to, <laughs> you did chime in. <laughs> but, um, I made it a good week. Um, just something kind of crossed my mind when I was watching AEW. You know, they, they were hopping up these jokers, you know, Joker versus Joe, Joker versus Britt Baker, hopping them up, hopping them up, hopping them up. Well, why do you have a Ring of Honor television champion champion in a tournament against a Joker? So you're promoting this big Joker person to come in. You're either going to have to beat this Joker you're promoting or you're going to have to beat your Ring of Honor television champion. Why book that match? It doesn't make any sense. And then as far as Britt Baker, she's one of your top women wrestlers in the company. And then you're promoting this Joker, Joker, Joker. We got a Joker coming. Bring the Joker in, beat the Joker. It just makes it look like the Joker, the Joker and both men and women are just nothing. So why book, why even book those matches? I don't understand. I mean, all you're doing is just hurting yourself and hurting these people because John Morrison. I don't care what anybody says about him. He can work any style of uh, wrestling he needs to and wants to in the ring, and he can make anybody look good that he wants to look, make look good. He's not the biggest, the greatest, the fastest, but he can get that ring and make anybody look good. As far as work rate, he's one of the best. He can make anybody look good. And he didn't he look good on that 450 splash. He didn't even hit at the end. He, he didn't quite reach it. Yeah, that was that was yeah. He missed God. He misjudged that one. That was a little rough. Or was Joe too far out? We don't know. So for everyone at home that's uh, listening and maybe not a wrestling fan, AEW has a tournament right now, and a Joker is a surprise contestant. Uh, if you in case you weren't following that, and they do this quite often, and they would just happen to be John Morrison this week from uh, WWE Impact, Johnny Nitro, uh, best friend of the Miz. And that is what Adam's getting at here. And I totally get what you're saying, Adam. I'm a big Johnny Nitro fan. I think he, he is a tremendous athlete. And uh, there was a lose-lose situation right there, yeah. for sure. Both brackets. And I don't understand why. I mean, all you're doing is you're going to end up hurting one or the other. I mean, Britt Baker is your top, one of your top women's wrestlers. Joe just bought a man undefeated. He's your Ring of Honor TV champion. You're not going to beat him. He's your champion. So why put him against the Joker? I just I don't understand it. It just blows my mind. You want me to show you how much I love the Joker? Listen to my new ringtone. That's great. <laughs> I love her. She's great. That's what I'm saying. They should have had her against Britt Baker. It was a no win for her. Yeah. Maki Ito is good. She can sing. She can dance. She can do it all. 
actually went back and watched the clip where it said, uh, I think it's on a dynamite where she walks out and she starts singing and there's all this battling like around her. I think it's a battle royale thing. Yeah. And JR's like, what is this? <laughs> Tony's like, this is the most surreal thing I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. <laughs> Cause she's just on the stage singing and like everybody's like getting hit with chairs, people flying all over the place. She's just singing. And JR's like, yeah, he goes, well, I'm glad she got that in. Gotta get my song in. Gotta sing a tune. Oh boy. Poor JR. He hey. hates it all right now, doesn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> goddamn, goddamn, Connie, you see that shit on AW we did Wednesday? <laughs> I wish he'd just come out firing. What the hell was that? oh <laughs> uh, man all right great stuff there adam kicking it back to james i dug it um speaking of digging it uh, is it match time oh i think it might be golly well my goodness you want to talk about excitement <laughs> strap the fuck in because these matches are fucking if the scale goes to five star my god i'd rate these 20 they are exciting Excited. Speaking of exciting, are we doing a little uh, backlash? So you're, are you saying that if these matches were in the in Japan, they would be six star matches? I would say sixty star matches. I mean, this is like a wrestling clinic. At you know, least. AJ Styles, Brian Danielson, you know, look out <laughs> because we got almost and Bobby Lashley stealing the show. I thought it was My John goodness. Lashley. I thought it was John Lashley. Wait a minute. Is it not John Lashley? That's his brother. Yeah, his oh, brother. Another right. mother, though. Ezekiel style. I'm, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but that backlash, whoo, it's a WrestleMania backlash because, you know, why not? What's better than the original? A terrible, terrible sequel, I guess, right? So uh, <laughs> we're talking about WrestleMania backlash. If this current year it happened on uh, May 8th, 2002, for, you know, future reference, it was in the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. I believe we had we a couple know. top guys there. We had uh, Frank there, and yeah. uh, who else went? Go Pats! He went there too. Ah. Yeah, some guy, Anthony. You know, took his uh, took his nephew, I believe. I don't know. Well, quoting that, I guess. But yeah, he was actually all those people we named. They were part of the attendance of eight thousand and sixty. Oh, 8,000. 8, <laughs> they must not have the top bowl open for that because that's a big arena. A lot of times they black out the top and they they, they set up their camera so it, it looks full, but it's really not. An 8,000 attendance pay-per-view trips me out. But speaking of eight, the match length, thank the Lord, was eight minutes and 50 seconds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was probably almost his fucking entrance, but we'll get to that later. Uh, and Meltzer gave it a star and a quarter, which I'm really surprised. This one got over one star. I'm surprised it didn't get a dud, but I but it does have Bobby Lashley in it. But we'll talk about all that. So that's a little uh, intro into it. And uh, I guess Brad, take it away, buddy. Well, first off, I want to go ahead and I want to kick it over to Mr. Pyres for a second. So, Mr. Pyres, are you there? Well, hello there, Mr. Stanton. Yes, it is Mr. Anthony Pyres here today. Yes, I was at WrestleMania Backlash and saw the wonderful Omos. Now, I am so happy to be on the kickout crew this evening. However, I, none of you have followed me on my Twitter or commented any of my posts lately. That being said, Brad, I would actually like for you to talk about Omos. And Coach, this one's for you. 
Go Pats! Go fuck yourself! <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Pyers. That was excellent, sir. I was so so happy to so happy to see you here, and I'm so glad you could actually come on our show. So, little background on this match. It starts actually before WrestleMania. WrestleMania, uh, the, the return of Bobby Lashley comes out to face almost in the ring. They set up a match for WrestleMania where Bobby Lashley does go over, which I was very surprised at. However, after WrestleMania on a Raw, he uh, comes out to confront him again with MVP. MVP is Bobby Lashley's manager. MVP turns on Bobby Lashley and joins Omos, and that's how things go. Bobby Lashley kind of tears him up, or, and they kind of fight back and forth. They have an arm wrestling competition where Bobby, Bobby Lashley wins. They set up the match for WrestleMania Backlash. I know that is not much of a background, but that's just kind of it. They kind of came out every week, had a little bit of a scuffle. MVP gets on the microphone. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I'm just still, it was just such a wonderful moment having Mr. Pyers here tonight. You know what I mean? It's just really, really something to have that guy here. But um, it wasn't like a crazy build, but I do think Bobby Lashley was a very good uh, opponent for almost almost is being built as a monster and i'm telling you he is a monster and bobby lashley is a monster bobby lashley yep. i was just watching something from 2006 with bobby lashley and he looks exactly the same the guy looks exactly the same it's been 16 years he looked exactly the same the guy is a beast and next to bot next face to face with almost like this facing each other he looks like buzz lightyear he's built with that weird head that kind of looks like buzz lightyear's helmet and he's got the big body and he's next to this giant Woody, you know. We don't know about a giant Woody, don't we, Mike? Am I right? <laughs> anyway. Got it. <laughs> so anyway, that's the lead up to the match. Um, now, there's a lot of different spots in this match. I definitely uh, think that he worked like a giant. A lot of you didn't like it. I'm going to start with our in-ring professional, Adam from Bama. You watched this match, a giant versus, I guess, a smaller but wider giant. What did you think of how it went? A, a giant versus an almighty giant. Oh, well said. Well said. Like almighty giant. Um, I mean, it, it's. I mean, who else are you going to use to make it look believable? Really? I mean, Bobby Lashley has been brought up as this big unbeatable guy. And the WrestleMania match was all right, but I like this one better. I think we talked about it in the group chat. I think everybody liked this match better than the WrestleMania match. Um, MVP, I didn't like how much he interfered in the match. But as far as just uh, almost, I mean, he's getting better. I mean, you're 7-3. What all can you do? I mean, you, you can't do no trope suicidas. Oh no, uh goals, whatever they're called. So um all you can do is kick, punch, and choke people. So he does good at that. He chokes Lashley pretty good, I guess. But I mean it is a big guy versus a big guy. I mean, we've seen it once, twice, four or five times. Um it's, they're getting better. I think that if they have four or five more matches, it'll be good. I hope that doesn't happen, but I think it'll be good. I, that's tell you my problem is that we are very critical. We're very critical of it because of how, how the talent today is. Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan was not a good match. We all know that. We have said it over and over again. It's not a good match. Most of Andre matches that I have seen, uh, I was a little old, young for him when he first started, when he was a lot thinner. 
they were good matches. Why are we so, Coach? Let me bring it to you because you you were my era. Why are we so critical of the Giants today compared to the Giants of the of before? That's a good question. Um, I would say there was nobody like Andre back then. So he was unique. Nowadays, we have guys that are six foot ten, seven foot, this and that. So the the novelty of it is kind of worn off. Um, when you saw Andre come into your town, I was lucky to see him live once in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. You were in awe because not only was he tall, but he was wide. I mean, he was huge. I never got the chance to shake his hand or touch him, but his hands were huge. Everything was big about him. And the wrestlers back then were a lot smaller. Nowadays, these guys are jacked up, big. I mean, they, and, and with the camera angles and all that, they make them look a lot bigger than they really are. So, you know, Andre was a freak of nature back then and was very rare. Nowadays, big guys come a dime a dozen. They made Andre special, though. I mean, he was when he come to your town, he was a special attraction. They made him this special person here. If they do the same thing almost, if they were just build him better, I think it wouldn't be as bad. But Andre was just that special guy because you've never seen him before. And he they just treated him like he was just this, I don't want to say a god, but this godlike person. When he come to your town, everybody's just, just they just made a big deal about him. And they almost doesn't have that right now. I mean, I mean, if he stays with it another year, two years, three years, I don't think people will be as critical about it. It's just early for him, I think, more or less than anything. I don't think we're going to see almost in three or four years. Exactly. They won't give him, they won't give him a chance. Kevin, you did not grow up watching Andre the Giant. You've probably seen stuff since. Have you actually, were you even alive when Andre the Giant was alive? I don't believe so. I'm okay. not sure about that. So you've seen the development of Omos over the last two years. He started out as a bodyguard in front of that, whatever that underground thing they were doing for WWE for a while. Do you think he has a chance to succeed in this business? I honestly do. Um, I think Omos has been doing pretty well. Um, he did some of the big, like, giant spots in this match. He did Andre the Giant getting tied up in the ropes. He's, uh, he's doing the Undertaker snake eyes and coming back with a big boot. But I think Omos, he's He's developing. Um, we seen last year that he was teaming with AJ Styles for a long time. Uh, I thought their match was really good when uh, AJ was facing almost. I can't remember what show that was on. But um, I really enjoyed that match. And then this one, I, I think Bobby Lashley worked his ass off and made almost look pretty big. Um, I think MVP, he's a good mouthpiece and a good manager for almost. Uh, he's the best manager in well, second best in WWE behind Paul Heyman. But I think that uh, almost could succeed. Like Adam was saying, if he has two or three more years. And I think WWE will give him it. I don't think a guy like this needs to do much. I know a couple splashes, the big boots, the big leg, whatever he wants to do. I, I did really laugh. There's a spot in this match where um, Bobby Lashley gets behind him and he's kind of doing like a sleeper hold, like he's holding on to him. Like he's a little guy holding on to him. It was like his best Rocky Three impression when he was getting a hold of uh, Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan to me, holding on to him for dear life. Hold on to there, kid. Hold on, kid. Hold on. Um, so Mike, Mike Whitaker, 
let's hope that voice is uh, back to normal by now. You have seen the giant Gonzalez, I am sure. Do you think he can yeah. fall into that trap? Uh, possibly, but if they book, they got to book him right. Here's sign That's, language in case you guys can't understand me. You're gonna upset Mike. Let's 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 all let's all relax yeah. before Mike. <laughs> it's, I'm having a a coach moment right here with my Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly, it coach. It's a moment. <laughs> Not the first. Um, it's a coachable moment. It, it, it depends on how they book them. I mean, and that's just the way it is. And even like with Lashley, like I'm not big on Lashley either. And my question with like these, like them two going is, are they trying to build back Lashley? Are they trying to build up almost? What are they trying to do? Because they're all well, pretty much one and one right now, or two and one. They're right there at each other, and it's not a good match. You sounded and good for a second. I know. <laughs> I sounded good for a second. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, is it? It depends. It depends on how they book them. If they book them right, he can do good. If they keep going the way they're going to go, he's not going to be good at all. James, you were very critical of uh, both matches we're talking about today. Correct. What do you think Omos can do better uh, than he's already done? What can he do as a giant to do better uh, to, to make us like his matches more? I don't think it's him. I don't. I think he's being told what to do for sure. So it's not like what can what can they let Omos do good or Omos? I think is actually how it's pronounced, and we've been butchering it the whole time. But I would say. I don't know. Well, the entrance uh, was extremely long and they played like, I believe his whole fucking song and then just stood there and he stood there in the ring for a while. And then the camera zooms on his face and then it cuts to Bobby Lashley's theme. And that was not that long, which I think I will say though, my favorite part of the buildup, I guess would be, and this has to deal with that when uh, they made the turn, as you say, it was something really subtle, but for some reason it worked. And Bobby did kind of become a face out of this whole thing when in all reality, he really wasn't getting that much of a reaction, I guess, because his heel stuff kind of died down a little bit. But once MVP hit him, you know, from behind, they started stomping him out. I think that heel thing worked because the crowd did get behind Lashley when he almost went for that suplex. You know, the crowd like started to go ape shit. And of course, you know, the giant beat it down, but he did fall on his back on that match too. And then his, uh, almost his eyes got really big and all that. So I think little subtleties like that's going to help him a lot. Facials and selling and reacting to certain different body parts. Because you know they're going to book him like he's going to walk out here, squash somebody, and leave. And that's not his fault. Because going back to what y'all said about uh, talented big men and all this, Andre, when he did it, you know, like he was the only one. He would just get beat down to a knee and then make his little baby face stand, which would just be standing up, (laughs) and the crowd would go crazy. But now that we have all this flippy flop bullshit all the time, you can't watch a giant match like that because it'll be like, oh, this sucks, it's boring, which is kind of sort of what we all did <laughs> in a sense. You know what's funny is Bobby Lashley was always a face. Like, for the most part, he was a face most of his career. I don't think anybody wanted to boo him. Uh, I, I don't. And I think everybody was was welcoming him back. And this the Hurt Business they, was pretty good, though. Yeah, it was good, but they blew it. I, I mean, oh, not, okay. not the guys involved, but the WWE. And I'm not sure why. I thought it was one of the best things during the pandemic. But uh, they blew it. Um, so... Anyway, I thought that I, I'm, gonna be, I'm telling you, I picked this match um, this week, and you know, it was it was mostly because of the giant thing, and it was very recent. But I I thought it worked. 
Well, now, in the arms in the rope, that is Andre-esque too. I mean, when they did that spot. But the finish was trash. That's terrible. It is. and um, But I thought the match worked. I thought almost looked uh, – he got his win, which was really big. I thought that was really important because if he yeah. lost in a row, it made sense to me. Did he get his win? Well – Because that's another thing that kind of upset me. If you're trying to make this dude, don't have it finish on – an interference from a MVP and he just pins him. Like there was no offensive move. It was just, Oh, Lashley's out. I'm going to pin him. There was no pickup power slam. There's no bullshit like that. So you're telling me, Oh, Omos couldn't beat him, but by, Oh, (laughs) hold on. He gets bumped in the back of the head. Now all of a sudden done. (laughs) I got a quick question for you. When, when Bobby Heenan was with Andre the giant, how often did Bobby Heenan interfere in the match to help Andre? I don't remember. Never, <laughs> never. I don't think he ever really did interfere. So I don't think, because so, like you said, they booked him like an attraction. So yeah, Bobby yeah. never really had the bullshit. James made a James made a damn good point. Almost should be able to beat this man by himself. He shouldn't need MVP hitting him with a cane, doing this and that, and everything for him. I didn't think of it that way until you mentioned that. That's a damn good point. Yeah. So so let's bring this full circle then, because you're right. Um, and what's funny is if you think about Bobby Lashley, even when he was uh, with MVP, he really did get that interference because he didn't want it. There was actually several episodes and several pay-per-views where he yelled at them saying, I don't need it. I don't need it, which really was confusing as what the character he was playing. <laughs> so you can't talk about this match and not talk about the match that happened on Raw uh, a few days. Uh, well, I guess it was a week ago where they were in the steel cage. And now bringing it, like I said, full circle, you're saying, why does he need the help? And immediately in this Raw match, Cedric Alexander is attacking Bobby Lashley from the very beginning. They, I mean, they're not even letting the guy barely get into the cage. And the way that match ended with him getting thrown through the cage, like, like Roman Reigns or, or Brock Lesnar a few years back, terrible, terrible. However, all- I, did, I did think the match was good at backlash of the three matches. I thought it was a decent match. Uh, I think almost does have a future. I think he's going to do better than most big men uh, that they just throw in there. Uh, AEW just brought in someone recently that's Dutt. Is that his last name? That looks very impressive, but we have no idea if the guy can work and he didn't get a very good opening. But I did think it was a decent match for a big man. And I thought Bobby did work very hard in it. What were you going to say, Devin? Oh, I was just, I was going to touch on that uh, steel cage match. I just went up. when Bobby Lashley got thrown out, it made almost look like pretty dumb just standing there for literally like 30 seconds before Bobby Lashley stood up and stepped off the cage too. So like he can't win his matches by himself and he can't even be smart enough to walk out of the cage wall. So like what's going on with this guy? With MVP standing there screaming at him, come on, whatever he was telling him, and MVP was right there in the camera angle yelling at almost to do something. Almost just stood there. Yeah, he definitely did. And, you know, you you just think about um, all these giants, though, that have come through. And there have been a lot of big guys that they have tried to push as these monsters that just don't work. They have a lot invested in almost. uh, And that having said that is if you look at AJ Styles, spent almost a year with him, uh, developing him as a tag team partner and then going one on one with him and taking the loss. So they do have a lot of faith in this guy. So they must see something in him. And uh, even though this wasn't a five star match, it was probably I wouldn't give it a star and a half. I'd probably give it two stars. Not that I'm a wrestler or, or know anything, but I, I do think there's a future for him. And I do think he walked around the, the ring with presence. Uh, I, I think he worked the crowd. 
you know, with his arms and his boots and the slow methodical. Um, and, uh, I mean, I guess there's not a whole lot more to talk about. Is there anything anybody else wants to add? I just agree with you that I believe that this was the best out of all three matches that they had. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it doesn't seem like it's done yet, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely not I would like lot. it to be over now. I'd like him to move on to somebody else. That's one thing that the WWE doesn't do well, I feel. I think that they, they spend way too much on one time on one feud. And I, I feel this has now run its course. And he, he has enough opponents. There's enough guys out there. And there's enough big guys out there. Uh, let's let uh, Bobby Lashley move on and, and let him move on. But it doesn't seem like that's the case, does it? No. So, um, having said that, James, what's next on the agenda? I don't know. Talking about moving on, uh, we're going to move it on up to uh, the North uh, New York area. Devin, well, how, uh, how you been, bud? You got anything you want to share with the fellas and the uh, crowd for sure? Oh, I've been good, James. Um, yeah, I got a topic this week. I don't know if any of you guys remember the authors of pain from the WWE, but uh, those two have recently opened a new uh, wrestling entertainment business it's called Wrestling Entertainment Series. It's going to be based out of Nottingham, England. Um, they have their first show. It's set for June 4th, 2022, coming up pretty soon. Um, you can watch that on Fight TV. Um, there's going to be a lot of ex-WWE wrestlers that are going to be there. And uh, actually making the wrestling debut is going to be Alistair Overeem facing, uh, used to be known as Braun Strowman, now known as Adam Schur in the main event. Um, they're having uh, Nia Jax, going by her real name, Lena Fanin, facing Lana, now going by her real name, CJ Perry. Who has um, a new website out, by the way. I didn't know that, but um, both of those two also making their uh, independent wrestling debuts since leaving WWE. Um, I think it said that there's going to be 22 ex-WWE wrestlers at this show. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm going to be watching it. It's uh, the Authors of Pain. They're now going as the Legion of Pain, and they're just opening up the wrestling entertainment series in the UK and all over uh, England and Europe. I love the name CJ for a girl. <laughs> that is just totally off topic, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this uh, new organization. Um, Authors of Pain, great to have them back too. Right, they were actually pretty decent. I liked them. They were, and, I, and I, I'm not. What was it? Something with their visas? They had some trouble for a little while, and then they just kind of fell out of favor. Yeah, I think. I think the uh, they didn't like actively pursue the whole causing a uh, resolution to their problem and i think ww is like well you don't want to be here you ain't got to be here like that type of thing show us you want to be here type of deal and i don't really think they went out of their way and you know injuries too because i think one of them got injured like did something so i put them on the show for a long time so this is how the main event is adam Scherer versus alistair Overeem from the ufc yep making his uh. debut fighting for the wes championship so his first match debuted against the big man that's still kind of green. Who's green? Tell him, Bama. Tell him this is a bullshit card. Tell him. Who, who's green? <laughs> Are you saying Braun Strowman's green? I don't think he has the talent to lead a match against Alistair Overeem, a guy that's never been in the ring. Tell him. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he has enough experience to lead a match with a man that's never done it before. That's my point. Now, if when he has somebody leading him, he's a damn good wrestler. 
Don't get me wrong. I love Adam Sheriff, Ron Strowman, Titan, all his names. But as far as him leading the match against Alistair Overeem, the guy from UFC, as the main event of an opening opening show of a brand new organization, as a tough sell for me. Yep. There's a few other big matches on there. Uh, what, Coco, Coco Beware? Yeah, yeah, Coco Beware is on the card? <laughs> it's a damn good card. I looked at the card. It's a damn good card. I just don't yeah, think that's the main event yet. Callisto versus Bronson Reed. I think that's going to be a hell of a triple threat match. Um, Madison Rain and Tanel Dashwood versus like Deanna Prazo and Chelsea Green. There it is. I like Only fans. I do like her. She didn't okay. show up at the freaking thing I went to at the ECW arena. I was so pissed off. She was scheduled to be there. Yeah. I was looking everywhere for her. bathrooms and all. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Chelsea? No. Uh, Madison Rain. I like Madison oh. Rain. I don't know what it is about her. I like her. I just think there's a better option of a main event than them two guys. Uh, but, I mean, as far as everybody else, it's going to be a damn good card. I mean, you I remember seeing it. Adam, 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 what would you book as the main event for that card? Uh, who, who else was it, Devin? Give me one more. Give me the card one more time. Uh, there's there's a lot of matches. Um, Dirty Dango versus No Way Jose. Mike Bennett oh, versus shit. Oni Larkin. <laughs> Mojo Raleigh versus Vincent Dorado. Terrible. Authors of Pain, now going by Legion of Pain with Paul Elring versus the Forgotten Son. Killer Cross versus Callisto versus Brunson Reed. Uh, Mass and Rain and Tanel Dashwood versus Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. CJ Perry versus Lena Fanine, formerly known as Nia Jax. And, um, and then that main event, Adam Sherr really? versus Alistair Overeem. Either the women's tag match or the triple threat with Killer Cross. One of them would, I think, should be the, the main event. Okay, so here's my question. Is Nia Jackson put uh, uh, CJ Green or whatever her name is now through another table? That's what I was about to say. We're sleeping on that. That, that is ironic. They're facing each other on a fucking you know, indie show. Amazing. I yeah. forget. Last time they were on screen together. Yeah, last time they were on screen together. He went through a table. I wonder if the crowd's going to be like, move the tables! <laughs> we don't want tables! <laughs> now, Devin, have you thought about if this UFC fighter was really the deal, he would be fighting in the U.S.? Or do you think, like, he kind of sucks and that's why he's in, a, in, a, uh, in Nottingham, England? I thought he was a hell of a UFC fighter. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. Maybe he found a drug test. He found a drug yeah. test. I think that's what got him. Oh. I think he was supposed to go against Brock Lesnar or somebody, and he found a drug test. Mm. And I just think his name just never recovered from that failure. Dumbass. <laughs> My attorney, Adam, coming in handy already. <laughs> I got you, brother. Got you. Gross. Hey, guys, I, I got something real quick, okay? Go for it, Brad. It's your show. Uh, yeah. So there was a quote on Twitter the other day from a good friend of ours. Hating on a strong woman with bodies are built not a feminine norm is not cool with me. It got me thinking. Yeah. Women. <laughs> I don't know. Does he have a little run in Happy there? Happy birthday. Yeah, it's yeah birthday. my son's birthday. Yeah, he just walked in and gave him a kiss. 
So a few we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we did an F. Mary kill on a few women. They were called the uh, AEW baddies. The AEW baddies are what would be considered the feminine norm, if you know what I mean. But most women, all women, are beautiful in their own way. And I find beauty in all women, all shapes and sizes. So uh, for me to do something like that, maybe it was a little insensitive. So I would also like to uh, talk about FM. We were going to FMKs for women of all shapes and sizes because there's beauty in all of them. So I would like to throw an FMK out there for plus size female wrestlers. Guys game? I'd love it. Hey, that's that's true equal rights right there, too. As long as they have a white chromosome, I'm good. Listen, my wife may not be uh, that shape and size right now, but I have dated many of those shapes and sizes, and she knows I'm into it, too. So <laughs> there's that. There um, you go. I like my women. Into? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna go with F Mary Kill this week, guys. Piper Niven, also known as Dewdrop, Nikita Lyons, and Nia Jax. <laughs> I know my answers, but we're gonna oh, go ahead and we always kick it to Devin first because <laughs> I love his face. All right, I'll uh who are the three again? Dewdrop, Nikita Lyons. Please let's go with Piper Niven. Nia Jax. Dropping yeah. ain't working for me. Piper Niven, but yes, Dewdrop. Piper Niven. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll give her the Dewdrop. I guess I'll marry Nikita because she's closest to my age. So we'll go with that. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm a fuck Nia. I've had a thing for her for the past couple of years. I don't know. And then, sorry, uh, Piper. You're going to have to be the odd woman out here. All right. How so why is she the odd woman out? Because uh, I chose to marry Nikita. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think, honestly, Piper has a pretty face. But, yeah, she's All just right. the third. Uh, Adam, I know you're uh, you're ready. You're ready here, buddy. Why don't we just, just, just do it, man? Tell me what you want. Oh, man, Nikita. Um, F uh, Naya, and I just I'm just not familiar with Dewdrop. She's beautiful. I, I hey, she can jump in the F for me. I don't care. But just out of process of elimination, just because I just like Nikita Lyons because, damn, um, that's all I can say. Uh, yes, yeah. sir. I'll F her and then do it again the next day. <laughs> and when she gets tired, hey, Naya Jax or Dewdrop, I don't care. Marry me. No, right, I'll be for me. What do you got, Mike? Uh, let's see. I'll marry Jax because I think you know she she has a hot little face. Something else, she's pretty good looking. So let's marry Naya, fuck Nikita, and I'll kill Dewdrop. All right, I got I gotta step in. I gotta step in here because all you've, killed love, Dewdrop, you've all killed Dewdrop so far. I'm, so, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go to you and James. We're going to go to you and coach in a second here, but I'm going to go ahead and get mine because I, I am going to marry Nikita. Fine. I'm going to marry Nikita. I'm going to take care of that every, every chance I get. I'm going <laughs> to kill Nia Jax. And I, I, I think Nia Jax is one of the most, I think she is drama. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched the divas show or whatever it was. Uh, of course you haven't. I have, because you know, I like to watch it. But uh, <laughs> Anyway, she was drama on there the whole time. And I I, I thought Drew, I, I'm all over it with Drew Drop, all over it. I, I like the skin type shit. 
forget the pretty face. I was into all of it. I was into all of it. So that's me. I give a okay. dewdrop, uh, Piper Niven love. So go ahead, James. I feel like you're ready to. <laughs> you, you already, so you're saying you, you're dewdrop and dewdrop? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Oh, yeah. I sent her a letter. She didn't respond. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'll give it the D-drop. What are you talking about? I would made a fucking FBI list with that letter. <laughs> that being said, I am uh, killing Nia Jax, but only because she used to be a cheerleader for the Redskins. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and she injures people in the ring. So I don't want to be like, hey, girl, let's go to bed. And then next thing you know, I got a broken, you know, broken arm or something from a botch. Boom. <laughs> Obviously, I think we all are marrying Nikki... Uh, you know, the Lions, and I think that kind of sort of speaks for itself, I guess. But uh, Dewdrop, what up, girl? I'm at the <laughs> Dewdrop all day. What's happening? And she's like, uh, she has a an accent and stuff, right? Yeah, I like it. I like it. British, there right? There you go. Oh, good point. Oh, right? Yeah, hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the point. What really means around the bush here is we all know what plus-size women are good at. Oh, boy. oh, James has changed my mind. Yeah. Plus Swap size women are good at taking Maya. care of you. They love you. Good Plus point. size women will treat you good. Sometimes the uh, hotter type of woman is always looking for the next best thing, you know? So just There's always a better muscle up hunk that comes around and will steal your bitch. If you're not but, watching on YouTube, he used quotes around hotter type woman as in he doesn't mean that. He means the yeah. norm of society oh, yeah exactly these hot women that you want to be with so bad well guess what they're looking for hot dudes to be with and some swinging dick's gonna walk by and be like hey girl i gotta do this. you know the fuck boy central like oh my god he drives a porsche when in reality it's probably a rental you know but that being said <laughs> bigger women actually take care of you they love you you know they make sure you you're taken care of obviously it's a reciprocal thing but they'll cook good for you. They care about you. It's not just, they're, they're not chasing clout when they're with you. They're with you to build a relationship. So that's a good thing about bigger women. Nothing wrong with a little cushion behind that cushion. If you hey, know man. Gotta be, I, I weigh, I'm pushing three bills, so you got to have uh, some cushion for this cushion, you know? I'm pushing half. Big old boy, if I get on top, I'm crushing those supermodels for sure. All right, Coach. Well, I, I see Coach looking around. Coach, you okay to answer this question? Yeah, yeah. You better watch it, buddy. All I know is Nia Jax is hot. I've always <laughs> loved Nia Jax. And because of Total Divas, that's the girl I want to marry. Because she is all the way live, 24-7. She wants to go out. She wants to party. She wants to get down. She seems like the kind of chick that might invite a couple people into the bedroom i'm not interested mm. in three girls telling me i don't know what i'm doing well <laughs> no i know what i'm doing brad i know what i'm doing so i don't think that's going to be an issue so i'm going to marry uh naya and uh nikita you know i don't know you well enough but i know Dewdrop's a little older a little more experienced so she's the one i'm gonna f <laughs> and nikita I cannot marry or bang a girl named after my one of my childhood heroes, Nikita Koloff. You know, can't do it. So she's got to go. So I'm going with Mary Naya. Do drop. I'm going to give you every drop of my love for one night. But then Nikita, <laughs> you're done. Oh, she hit me in the pills, man. Hit me in the there you go. 
right, the, way, guess the way your synapses fire, Coach, always intrigues me. So sorry, guys. That's not it. Now it's the gentleman. Oh, geez. all right. Jones. But we're going to do this a Bring little, little different. Bring it on. This is going to be super- James, James, and James. Big not- guys. <laughs> oh, well, give big guys some love. What's up? Actually, it's it is big guys, but it's one big guy with three personas. We're going to go with the three faces of Foley. We're going to yes! go with Dude Law, Cactus Jack, and Mankind. Devin, what do you got? Uh, I love me some Dude Law. Uh, that's who I'm marrying. So easily. Then, uh, I cannot wait. Never mind. I'm clipping the <laughs> shit out of that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... And then I uh, is Devin I getting married? Up- well, look at this clip from episode five. I love me some dude love. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna keep coming. That's what she's doing. We'll see in September. <laughs> <I guess. sighs> um, yeah, I guess uh, put up with uh, mankind's crazy ass persona for too long, so I'm gonna have to kick him to the curb, kill him. So that uh, out of process of elimination, I gotta. Uh, I guess I'm fucking Cactus Jack. <laughs> All righty, <laughs> James, what do you got, buddy? Because you're ready for this, I can tell. Jeez, fucking Cactus <laughs> Jack, man, you are. That's some dominated. You be have a safe word <laughs> when you go to that one. Definitely have a safe word. <laughs> I think honestly, I would have to kill Cactus Jack. Wait a minute, hold on. Let me think about this. Because <laughs> Dude Love is he's just a player. He's a fuckboy and he's gonna treat you bad. So you gotta think about Dude Love. You know, he's just there for the ladies. Ha ha ha. And his fucking entrance video is the best. But oh, let's see here. I guess I would fuck mankind because them crazy bitches are the funnest ones, you know. So definitely i but if you fuck mankind, then don't you have to marry Dude Love? Oh my god. <laughs> I'll marry Cactus Jack because if shit hits the fan, there's barbed wire, trash cans, baseball bats. Like, honey, <laughs> that person's talking shit. It's the same thing with Jay Cargo on uh, the last one. Whoever's defending me, <laughs> that's what I'm getting with. I guess I'll fuck mankind because them crazy bitches are fun. I don't know what y'all got going on in there, but I mean, take care of yourself. Mental health is a real thing. But, you know, until then, I guess have your fun. So that would leave. Who do love out because he's a player and I don't like players. Yeah, I don't know about that, James. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, Mike, what do you got? Mark, I almost called you Mark again. John Lashley, we got uh, Mark Whitaker. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'll probably marry Dude Love because he's all about the loving. Not, he might be a player, but it's all right. I'll be a player too. He's not Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um I'll marry do love. Fuck mankind. Uh fuck Cactus Jack, because he's wild. Look at him looking in the air as serious as <laughs> 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 on YouTube right now. He's like that is he's, he's like the thinker that's <laughs> So marry do love. Fuck Cactus Jack. And I'm gonna kill mankind because he got some fucking issues. I don't even know that damn issue chick. Fucking mama boy type shit. So he's done. All right. What do you got, Bama? I'm following Devin's, and that's the only clip you're getting out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need explanations. We need reasons. We, on, that's not good enough, buddy. <laughs> I, I do love all the fun. 
Mankind, I don't understand. Can't Jack, down and dirty, baby. Come on. All right, Coach Rosie. No, I do it in the South, baby. Come on. <laughs> Coach? Well, I got to take it from a different perspective. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> I'd F Cactus Jack because I think he'd kill me in the first 15 or 20 seconds, so I'd be dead before he entered me. Um, I'm going to marry Dude Love, and it would be a platonic relationship. We would just, uh, you know, hit the the Smiths and, uh, you know, watch games together, but we would never touch each other. It would be just purely platonic. Does dude be swingers, probably. Like, yeah, dude love. okay with this? He doesn't want to have sex? I'd uh, I'd send him over Devin's way uh, for <laughs> the sex. And then um, I would kill mankind because if that dumbass is willing to jump off of a cage and get killed, I'm going to get the life insurance money just <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, there you go. That's a good point. I am going to go ahead and marry mankind because, you know, mankind uh, – I, I feel like he is uh, good on the inside. We can watch him nice. This is us. I think he would like this is us. Uh, I, I know he would like this is us. He's he's sentimental. He had a pet rat. It was it was it was lovely. It was lovely. Did you say uh, good I'm, on the inside? Yeah, that's. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm gonna kill Cactus Jack because I'm not into all that kinky shit. Um, I think he would bring chainsaws and barbed wire to the bedroom, and uh, you know, I, I I just need a nice soft pillow and. Um, my sheets I don't, I don't need that stuff in the bedroom and i'm gonna go ahead and fuck dude love because he's all about the love and he's gonna give me the love good hey brad you got that perfect forehead for that hardcore shit though um yeah it's perfect now i guess <laughs> 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 anyway guys thanks for participating it's always fun to do an f mary kill and uh take it back mm. to the games good grief well is it a <sighs> Are we do since we sold out with that FMK? Is it time to? Oh, I am curious about one thing. Okay, when yes, you're doing these F Mary kills, did you have any other option other than man comment Foley? Like, did you have anybody else? Like, yes, kind of I did. All right, let me get to my paperwork. I'm, I'm huh? curious on who else was your option other than Mick right, Foley. Well, I wanted to maybe save him for another time, but we're not doing them. Okay. Uh, Husky Harris, Bray Wyatt, Eater of Worlds, and The Fiend. Matt, oh, Hardy, Matt Hardy, Big Money Matt. And Matt Hardy, as in with the Hardy Boys, Big Money Matt, and Broken Matt Hardy. So what I did mm. was different personas for each. But very good that you knew I did that, Adam. I guess we're getting to know each other, pal. That worked. That's good, though. <laughs> but I, I, I almost didn't want to give it away because you never know. Down the road, episode 15. Who cares? Who knows? Yeah, they won't remember. They're not listening. <laughs> See, when we say crew, we mean kick out crew. Because look at us bonding over. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to finish that statement. <laughs> uh, we, well, we really bonded when we started talking about who we're going to fuck, marry, and kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn. Sold out, James. Well, I think we damn sure sold out right there. <laughs> so. The next match is uh, we're doing uh, The Giant, which you all know as Big Show or Paul White. And uh, he is facing Kevin Nash, which you all know as Kevin Nash. Maybe he gave you some gas as Diesel, but 
we go uh, with Kevin Nash here because it's WCW. Um, this happens to be sold out. Nineteen ninety-eight is the second sold out. It uh, also is known for Bret Hart's in-ring uh, WCW pay, uh, debut. But you know, just hated that there. match. Hated it. That we so we so buried the lead here. Big Show, Paul White, and the Giant. Oh. That you was the best FMK, Brad. You missed it. I don't pretend to be smart. It goes with the big man theme and everything. Exactly. I'll be damned. Well, we totally missed you? it. <laughs> where were you? I mean, I, I have my phone open all week. You can text me. You can freaking help me out. <laughs> this is your gimmick. I'm the lawyer here. I right? your gimmick. Hey, listen, it's, all my, it's my gimmick, but you can feed me the gimmick. <laughs> well, hey. What? We're going to rewind. It was Andre's son we're talking about here. So we're going to rewind that gimmick to January 24th, 1998. In the Hera Arena. I really should have looked up the pronunciation of that. I don't know if it's Hara. Hera. No, it's, it's, it's both. It's, it's that one. <laughs> that one. Whichever one is in Dayton, Ohio. That's a great but not name. anymore because it's closed in uh, 2016. But in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, surprising, another... Uh, Highly attended uh, pay-per-view. It was 5,486 people. So if you total both of the pay-per-view matches attendance, we're looking rough right now, but 5,486 people. I don't know the paper amount of that, uh, like has who paid and who didn't. The match length, thank God, was uh, 10 minutes and 47 seconds. Surprisingly enough, though, this pay-per-view did one of WCW's best at 380,000 buys. And if you want to know, you know, the true story of this, well, Meltzer gave it three-quarter star. So you know it's a doozy. That being said, the uh, hell of an entrance right there. Hell of a match, too. Brad, my God, I can't wait to, uh, to talk about this one. Take it away. Well. I'm not going to take it away because Mike picked this match, and I would like you to do a little background first, Mike, and then I'll well, take it away, I, I promise. Actually, after I watched this match, I wanted to punch myself in the dick for, pick, for picking this match. <laughs> but Great shit, pal. Anyways, <laughs> like we said, um, well, this thing, you know, I don't, like James, you said, it had a buy rate of 380,000. Was the buy rate for this one? It was the eighth highest in WCW, WCW pay per view history, and it sold out in one hour. Makes no so sense. That, that, that 5,486 people, one hour, they bought it, they were gone. Um, <clears throat> this match was supposed to happen at Starcade, and this is when Nas had the little heart attack type deal, but it actually was. Uh, Hopburn, so he couldn't wrestle the match at Starcade. But uh, so that's where this match was originally supposed to start. Um, then uh, so they went away, you know, did their thing, everything else. The Giant came out to DDP's aid when the NWO attacked him, you know, so he was playing baby face at the time. So that to you know a little beef with him and Ash. Um, it came out to be where. What they ended up doing was they threw out a um oh what the fuck hold on let me check my notes 
Sorry. Take your time, pal. You know, you're yeah. really <laughs> yeah. you know, no problem. Cut it. If, if you suck, we can get <laughs> it. No problem. I got it. I got it. I got hey, it. Jeff Jarrett, he didn't even watch the pay per views before he goes out with Conrad. <laughs> you guys have a clip? <laughs> yeah, right. These fucking people that throw my notes. There's stipulation on there where, you know, if Nash had to, Nash had to show up, the giant couldn't, couldn't touch Nash, you know, it's a $1.5 million type deal. You know, all that other shit. They couldn't touch each other, none of the other stuff. There wasn't a big background of this. Um, and that's all I, that's really all I got on this. All right. So, um, hey guys, before we get started, you know, there's, there's, you know, Nash and Giant, you know, they got in their thing. Nash kept trying to get Giant to touch him to get, you know, to get a fight him and everything else. He threw hot coffee in his face. That was a big angle on it. And the Giant never would do it. He just didn't do it no matter what. And yeah, I got lost in all that situation. My notes got fucked up. I'm sorry. That's all right. Mike, before the match got started, though, I, I want to remind everybody this is 1998. And there was something that was advertised right before this match. It said Boston Brawl. Yes, internet, internet only, phone only. What, did, what was that? But you know what I mean? Like, what is that? This is way before yes. screening. This is 10 years right. before screening. What the hell was on the internet only for $7.95? It was an internet. This is cutting edge. That's what I'm saying. This is cutting edge. I don't know what it was. I and think I it was audio talk. only, I believe. I, I, but I can't You log on a website and you hear audio of the, the you house. You sure show. about that? Because I'm going to ask I'm you. I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember Tony saying that they tried some type of internet only thing and it was audio only of the matches. You just heard the commentary. Oh, well, I was going to ask Eric next next time because that that's hey, probably his idea. And I, I completely forgot if anything, because this is like, I remember watching um, in 2008, I remember like getting Netflix in the mail still. I believe like, Mark DVD. I'm going to, I'm going to text Eric right now. Oh, you now. know, your big freaking show off. I'm going to text Eric. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, going to text my Boston. best friend Eric Bischoff. You know what, I'm going to text Bill Flynn. Let's do it live on air. Okay. I'm going to try. Yeah, I want to say right Mark Madden commented or commentated on it was what it was. <laughs> I think. All right, but um, so anyway, we have two big men here, two very, very big men. One looks less than the other, but he's still seven feet tall. And um, the giant is just starting out here. He's in his early 20s, I believe, and he looks way older than that, but he does look like a beast. Now, what I, what I really noticed at first was that the giant came out to no music. Yep. Who's that, Justin? Oh, I noticed that, too. Yeah. yeah, that was dumb. Well, was, did he really do that, or was that a WWE thing? Was, what's that? Mm -hmm. I said, did he really not come out to no music, or was that just he, he WWE no Network? Music in that at pay per view, and I think that was because Andre the Giant never came out to music either. True. And okay. I, I thought, was he still playing his son at the time here? It was. He no. was the Giant. Yeah, but he I, wasn't I didn't playing know if that was over though, because that was quick. That was really quick. That whole like I'm the Giant, Andre the Giant's son. But yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, so all right, so let's let's kick it to uh, Devin first. Devin, again, you were. Um, two years old here so when you got the pay-per-view when you were two and you sat in front of the tv what do you remember from it from that night what do you remember about this match that night he remember sitting his doctor uh, and asking for a lollipop <laughs> i was actually only about three months old oh that's, during the oh, that's right oh. oh my god you're so freaking but, <laughs> so i don't remember it the first time my dad probably ordered it he was a big hollywood hogan and nwo fan so i'm sure he ordered it but uh, I've went back and watched this a couple times in the past, and just uh, I don't know the whole match itself. 
it was a little sloppy. You know, there were spots that definitely could have been better, especially the ending. Um, but I, I kind of liked the like the lead up to it. Like, uh, it was a good story and everything that they have to avoid each other, and you know, there's gonna be fines if they don't avoid each other. I liked it. James, there's a lot of talk about uh, how athletic the giant is and how he doesn't always work as a big man. Did you feel that way during this match? Not uh, not during this one as much as other matches of his, where uh, I believe a couple times he did a uh, top rope drop kick. And mm-hmm. for a big man that size to do that, I mean, but granted that, I think that was around the 95-96 era. So by this time he's already kind of flipped back and forth with the NWO, I believe already, which I guess is his uh, career motif is to turn, 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 as they say. I don't know. Um, Today did mention both of their backgrounds, though. They're both basketball backgrounds, which I thought was funny because people would say that JR would say that people would shit on him when he'd do that. And today was like plugging this is like, oh, they're both at basketball athletically, uh, you know, inclined and all of that so it's weird how you shit on the southern boy for saying it but when the professor says it whoa he's bringing a bunch of insight to it it's because it's basketball and not football jr only brings up football basketball is their premier sport yeah but the undertaker was very nervous that when jr came into the wwe that he was going to talk about his basketball career and when he's supposed to be playing a guy that was dead um, and I, I think that's what you're getting at, right, James? Yeah. Yeah, he was a dead man. Uh, I saw him at, a, you know, he's 6'10", put up a triple-double a couple times. You know, he, he, he was dead. And he literally did that in WWE to Diesel after a while. They started creating yeah. the Kevin Nash character, which uh, I, Bruce Pritchard has talked about over and over again. That was probably the worst thing they ever could have done. Um, what did, uh, Mike, during the match, there was a lot of uh, outside interference. Now, in a match like this, so now you have an opposite situation where the giant is not getting the help. And even though uh, Diesel is getting the help, he is considered small compared to the giant. Do you think that the outside interference helped this match? Um, well, it kind of gave the match more, it made it more interested. I mean, what can you do with the two big man? I mean, and if you watch the match, it's not that interesting. Especially, you know, when they do go do like the double, uh, double kick, everything else, the giant completely misses Nash, and he just falls in the pool and he's like dead. So it kind of it brought more to the match, but it didn't help it at all. Adam, now, uh, what did you think of the in-ring work from Kevin Nash working up to the big man in this? Well, the the problem here is. They didn't stand a chance right here because Kevin Nash, they, they both went out there and tried their best. Um, it's hard because Kevin Nash doesn't know how to work up to because there's not very many people that's bigger than him. So this is kind of like new territory for him. But you got to remember, they're going on after the big Dusty Rhodes turn. Uh, and I saw Hollywood Hogan's out there. So it's like all the attention's drawn away from them. So it's just like they didn't stand a chance here. They tried. I mean, two big men, especially after Dusty Rhodes turns bad guy. Stupid. Aaron Mitchell off, Hulk Hogan on the outside. I mean, that's very interesting what you just said. 
there's two very interesting things that I think are going on in this match. And I, the, I, I mean, there is something that happens during this match that impresses me where I think people should start paying attention to Kevin Nash again. And that's when he leapfrogs the giant. Does everybody see that? Yeah. yeah. All right. yeah that is a hell of a lot of athleticism. And I don't think that's something he normally does, even with smaller guys, let alone someone at seven foot two. But you're right about Hogan. Um, there is a point in this match where Hogan is outside of the ring and he starts hitting the ring. And if you can see me on YouTube, I'm going up and down with my hands onto the ring. And I counted. He did that 37 times. Okay. And it was bringing all the attention to Hogan. Um, also, when they were outside of the ring and everybody's acting shocked, Bischoff, Hogan, uh, Nash, we're all acting shocked that this giant is actually have a chance. I mean, the seven foot three giant has a chance against him. Go figure, right? Oh my gosh. How can you be hitting him? But it, there was like a 30 count almost. Of, <laughs> so yes, a lot of outside interference by Hogan. Now, Josh, you're a Hogan guy like me, or you're from a Hogan time, let's say yep. more, more or less Hogan, um, player time. How important is it to have Hogan in a match like this to bring it more credibility? Well, back in 98, it brought a lot of credibility. Um, because anything he touched turned to gold. And when he came to the NWO, I mean, if he came out with you, you were good as gold. But the match was terrible. And uh, I did dig a little bit deeper. I did do some research. I did call Eric. And he said that the idea for the coffee was from when he threw the coffee in Eddie Guerrero's face. And he thought that this angle would be perfect for sold out 98 and the power slam the 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 power slam that uh the choke slam that um the giant gave eric he said he didn't even feel it if you watch it he almost like barely even dropped <laughs> right. you know he said he didn't even feel it so to have hogan out there made it made a bad match decent because the the uh what what nash did to the giant i hope i'm not getting too far no no, no I, want you, I want you to bring it up i want you to bring it up because well, all right so we all know what happens uh but go ahead josh i want you to say it that was ugly yeah um you know maybe I, I i don't know if they prepared beginning uh you know they they walked through stuff but that was ugly i mean i i didn't remember the ending back from 98 but when i saw that took <laughs> that on the neck I, I I turned sideways and then they started covering his eyes. I don't think they covered his eyes because of the coffee. I think they covered his eyes because he was concussed and the lights from the top of the arena were getting to him. You know, he really took it hard that night. The giant took it like a champ. And to, to hear the announcers, I mean, Bobby was disgusted with the finish. Yeah. And to hear Bobby, what, what he was saying, he was just quibbing. I don't know exactly what he was saying, but he was talking shit in the background about Nash. And that's how, I mean, I, I couldn't pick that up in 98, but in 2022, a little bit more of an experienced fan. Uh, it, it wasn't a good look on Kevin Nash in that finish. Uh, I don't it, know if it was Kevin Nash's fault or if he was told to do it. Oh, no, it was 100% his fault. He held on too long. If you'll go back okay. and watch it, when he lifts the giant up, he holds him too long and actually brings him back down while he's still holding him because the giant did everything he could to lean forward. He done everything he could. And when he went as far as he could, he started dropping back down. 
And that's when Kevin Nash finally dropped him. Yeah. He held him way too long. It was absolutely disgusting. We all know that. Uh, we saw yeah. And, and the announcer did sell it good. I mean, like, if you did listen to Tony Savani, he sounded like he just got done with a 15-minute jerk-off. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Like, he, he was all in that one. True. It, they but, were not on the same page, though. They were not on the same page. They, 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 they weren't expecting it either. One of them was acting like yeah. it was coffee. One of them was acting like it was his neck. No one knew what the freaking hell to say. And it was very awkward. Uh, very, very awkward. They showed the replay a bunch of times, too. Why would they do that? Now I'm going to send Tony Schiavone a text and tell him that you said he did a 15-minute jerk-off, you asshole. That's you my boy. Like about going us a cloud. <laughs> That's fine. That's what it sounds That's what it sounds <laughs> well, like. If, if you think if he did his neck and all that stuff, what's the very first thing they do? Run in there, lift his fucking head up, you know, yeah. and then wrap that shit around his head. So knowing right. what we know now, especially with stabilization of the neck and head and all that, if something were to go bad like that, because, you know, when they put the eye patch thing on him, they lift his head up and wrap it with the gauze. Probably. Right. Uh, they are going to do that nowadays. But, I mean, and, and they sold it. They sold it real good. It was a, it was a brutal spot. It sucked. It, it looked like it hurt. It did hurt. You know, they sold it good. Yeah, they replayed it like five yeah. times. I think one <laughs> was good. Yeah. yeah, um, I honestly I thought Kevin Nash was trying to lift him up higher. Me too. And then thought like he might have been slipping because of the coffee already on the giant or something. That's what I was honestly thinking. I didn't think he did this on purpose at all. No, no, like, I don't think anybody no, did it on purpose. Oh no, no, no. I'm not saying he did it on purpose at all. No, 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 no. He just didn't do the move, right? Like, Right I, I think that I think that coffee was too hot and it burnt Nash when he went to pick him up. <laughs> all right, so by the way, please go over this. We've all watched the match, but the people at home that hey haven't, there was a coffee thrown into his face before this move. Uh, we we went past that and we went right to the uh, <laughs> the somewhat power bomb, jackknife power bomb, whatever the hell it was. Uh, there was coffee thrown into his eyes early. They did use that uh, at the end of the match to make it seem like he had a coffee burn, but really we knew that he actually landed on his neck the wrong way. Um, like I said, I mm -hmm. feel like the, the announcers covered up the best. Actually, I don't think they covered up the best they could. I think two of them were really concerned. Uh, I think actually all of them were concerned, but one was trying to play the part still. And that was Bobby. Was Bobby. Um, yeah. But it was an ugly, ugly moment. Um, and uh, uh, guys, this is a recurring theme with me, and it's going to come up every every time this happens. Why the why are we doing moves like this? Um, why are we doing uh, moon, moonsaults? Why are we doing stuff that we know? Like, why? why I'm going to bring up Big E again. I, I can't help it. The guy may never wrestle again because of a suplex outside of the ring. I, this doesn't make sense. In this move with a four, 500, or no, four, 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 500 pound man. About 480, I yeah. think it was right there. 475, 480, something like that. Hulk Hogan slamming under the giant is not the same as throwing somebody down on their back and on their neck. It is not the same. Under the giant, it was, it was different. And it, it, it just was different. It was safer. This isn't safe, and this is 1998. This is 24 years ago. It's still happening today. People are getting hurt. People are breaking their neck. Uh, it's just carelessness, or just trying too hard to uh, trying too hard to to one up or to get a spot. We don't need it. We don't need this kind of stuff. And uh, we're lucky that the Big Show, Paul White, the Giant, is okay today. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one more spot in that match too. Remember when Kevin Nash tried to jump over the top rope? And if the Giants yeah, that was a, called him, if yep. you wouldn't have called him, 
Kevin Nash would have landed head first on the right. ground. There's no telling what would have happened. It did look awkward. You're right. So I don't two, like there's two moves that match that should never happen. So, um, so again, big man match. Um, we're not comparing the two. We're just talking about how the big man work. I thought though that overall, Paul, uh, uh, Giant. He, I thought he worked like a big man more during this match than more so than his other matches where he's a little more does a little more athleticism. I thought he worked like a big man. I thought he did a great job for the most part. It just was a couple of ugly moments. Um, Too much going on outside. I mean, he's a bad taste in the mouth. I mean, having Hogan out there is great, but at the same time, he can draw the attention away. So it's kind of like you're going to catch 22 with Hogan. Yeah. But well, here's another thing. How many times is Hogan out there during that pay per view? I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> I think it's yeah, if you watch it, spray painted. They just he's out there shit right before that. Yeah, he's out there three, four, maybe even five times. Hogan comes out. Must have been one of those. Uh, out burn out your appearances early in the contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why is he out there that many times? But getting back to what Coach said, I do think that the. Um, the Eric Bischoff uh, slam was very good. I think Eric had so much. Very good. I think he had so much um, to the NW. I mean, I know he created the NWO, but he is a character. He is a character and a half. He was uh, he is so, I, I, love I love him now. I love him then. <laughs> um, I know that Coach just had him on the phone, you know, and Shivani and uh, President Clinton, um, Janet Jameson. Uh, Bill Cosby. We're definitely have Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know, calls me a clout chaser for God's sake. You know. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to add about this match? I mean, listen, they're not all going to be good. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. When we talk off air, there's less to talk about when the matches are good. So you know, that's why we got to pick things, uh, different things. Right? You know. As Conrad always says, you can't talk about the, the Rock every week. So, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if if you would have took the the powerbomb out and then that little dive over the top rope out, it wouldn't have been a bad match. And no. all the extra outside stuff, if it had been just Nash versus Giant, I think it would have been a better match without them two moves. It would have been pretty decent. I do love the NWO music. Yeah. <laughs> it <still> triggers me. <laughs> There's my red and yellow hero, and they turned him a black and white heel. I can't. Man, so, so uh, fucking uh, Eric. I, I don't have anything else on this. Fucking James, Eric. I'm going to go ahead and kick it back to you, my friend. And I don't know what's next. I have no idea. Yeah, we're gotta... You're not the host. You're not. I'm not the host. Boom. Shut the hell up. <laughs> it's your show, Devin. I mean, just, I don't know who's doing Yeah, show. right? I don't Whoever know. show it is. Yeah, That's we got Devin saying, don't we? For a crew. We didn't say the kick out one. We said the kick out crew. Hell yeah. Because we're a crew. That being said, I would like to elaborate on a couple things that we haven't really talked about much. We have said that the kick out crew, what it kind of means, like, oh, you kick out it too, like when life pins you down. But we haven't really expanded on that because uh, I believe we've all endured a lot of uh, fucking hardships in our life. And, you know, I know life shovels shit on me 99% of the time, it feels like. But... I mean, I'm still here, and I'm still smiling. And, uh, you know, I, I will never lay down for the three count. I don't have fucking have it in me. I mean, if I were to give up on life, would I be able to grace you with this presence? I mean, what are we talking about here? 
There's always something better. Yes, life could be, oh, it could be worse, James. I hate hearing that stupid shit. It could be better too, you know? And you got to work at it sometimes. You got to fucking give yourself. Like this. Two years ago, if you had told me I'd be part of this, I'd have told you you're fucking stupid. I used to come home depressed as fuck, sit on my couch, and to listen to Tony and Conrad because it was the only thing that would cheer me up. Now, I jump it on this with these guys right here. It gives me purpose. It gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing most of the time editing this shit. But boy, fucking howdy, I love doing it. Like It's it's intriguing. It's fun. It keeps my brain working. And it gives me something to give back to y'all. If I were to fucking shit the bed on editing all this stuff, then I piss off five people immediately. And all of our fans. And even some of our haters. Because once again, you're going to see this smile. And I know the haters watch and I know they listen. Because I've seen the statistics. So thank you. There's plenty more to come. <laughs> that being said, I don't think we've... Uh, told the the uh, audience what we really mean by the kickout crew and it's not like a wrestling pun it's shit we deal with every day we will never give up and you shouldn't either because life is worth living you only get one of them you know two if you're lucky maybe if you're a jerry you get like nine i think but it's live there's a lot to life there's a lot going on especially in all of our lives we've got a lot of positive shit going on hell bama's on two pods he's famous as fuck brad's got a graduation coming up coach rosie's got a graduation coming up his kid just turned 16 Devin's getting married. Mike uh, just bought a fucking house. I mean, we're all doing shit, you know? You know why we're doing that shit? Because we didn't give up. Because we fucking kicked out it, too. Tell him. That's all I got to say on that. I don't think we've elaborated enough on the real reason of, hey, we're doing this podcast for us. We love it. We're doing this podcast for, you know, people to enjoy. But it's your podcast also. It's not – there's not a host. There's not even a crew. It's for us to enjoy everybody to get down on and people have a fucking good time you need an escape it's what the fuck we're here for we're here to have a good time well said thank you for that james yeah had to that being said is it uh is it meat time we're gonna run out of meat meat time (laughs) okay well i can do this um, oh, you mean Mike's meat time. Okay. Oh, my yes. Who, my who am I to? My, my, my apologies. Totally misunderstood that. <laughs> we are going to Mike's Meat Minute. The most totally exciting part of our podcast. Gets a lot of feedback, too. So uh, who am I to judge? It does James's Meat Minute. So, Mike, motherfucking take it away, buddy. I'll take it away. This, you know what? I'm going to do a pulled port. This is something I like to do. WrestleMania pay-per-views. Uh, WrestleMania. Any kind of WWE pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view. Do a big old pork butt, pork shoulder, whatever you have you. What you want to do, you, you got to get your rub. With, with your rub, you need a half a cup of brown sugar, one tablespoon of salt, one tablespoon of black pepper, uh, two tablespoons of paprika. You need three teaspoons of garlic pepper, uh, garlic powder, sorry. Three teaspoons of onion powder and one teaspoon of ground mustard. What you want to do with that pork butt, you want to take it and rub it with nice and good with the garlic parmesan wing sauce. When you, once you get nice and steady and everything else, take that rub mixture, put it all over it. Just soak it down in it, everything else. You want to cook it with the flat side up, and I'm gonna tell you flat side up because you want all that juices flowing through that meat. You want flat side up at 150 for about three hours. 
get that smoke flavor in there. Do what you gotta do. Get it soaking it, soaking that meat. But after about three hours, you bump it up to two fifty. Once that pork butt gets up to about one sixty, take it off that grill, wrap it up in aluminum foil, put a towel around it, and you want to stick it in a cooler. Let it sit in that cooler for about forty-five minutes to an hour. After that hour, you take it out, put it on your plate, and you can pull that shit apart with your fingertips. And there you right there, add a little bit of JR's barbecue sauce. Perfect. You know, pull pork a uh, cheap plug, brother. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mike, it goes good on everything. I mean, it's that's why it's called all-purpose slaysing, because you can use it all-purpose. <laughs> if you're going to pull your pork, use JR's barbecue sauce. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mind doing WrestleMania. God by God, use JR's dry rub on that meat. That's right. I didn't mind doing WrestleMania. I posted a video. I took that little one piece of bone that was in there, took my two little fingers, and just pulled that piece of bone right out of there. Mm. That's how it comes out. Oh, JR's boy. barbecue sauce make your meat taste the best. It hey, does. Don't forget that all-purpose seasoning. The hot, yep. moist, and all purpose. And one day the red hot... Uh, JR's red hot, whatever. <laughs> we'll get out. I think it's only been a year and a half now. Little red ass, red <laughs> ass JR sauce. We're going to be two years for his hot sauce. But he'll come he out eventually. bring it up every chance he gets, though. He really does. He loves when you bring up stuff that he can't get. Mm -hmm. um, James, we we almost forgot something, pal. We did. What 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 did we forget, Brad? Are you questioning me? Listen, there are questions. Are you questioning me about our questionable question behavior? Now which we have, uh, I guess we're doing two episodes in a row. So let's talk about Money Mike. Let me get my glasses on. Good. We brought in MIT uh, professor, you know, so-and-so. I swear to dissect to Money Mike's question. What is this guy? Uh, Mike, I love you. You're a nice guy. You know that, but now I'm going to shit on you. So Bro, I got like a sixth grade reading level, Mike. I got a sixth grade reading level. I'm a reading teacher. I don't do this dissertation <laughs> fucking full essay. You know, please cite specific word. examples. Word for word. What? Do you believe the big man or giant troop is overused in modern wrestling? Please cite specific examples to justify your response, taking the consideration factors such as crowd response, work rate, and overall fan expectations, for what a modern big man represents. Now, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the end of Billy Madison uh, when they were at, <laughs> he says this, and he does that stupid. So the dog, society, you know, that's what I feel like we're doing here. Look, Mike. The puppy uh, who lost his way. We got it. It's You're like the office. Than us. We it's got the it, office man. where Michael Scott's like, sometimes I just start talking and I just find myself along the way. So, Mike, I do not believe the big man is overused in modern wrestling. I think there are different types of big man out there. Um, crowd response is very important. I mean, Omos uh, Lashley got some response, not all the response. You're when when Lashley went for the suplex, it was like, whoa, like the anticipation response. Also, how about when um, the giant lifted his hand up? That was the biggest pop of the entire uh, of the entire thing. He still does it now today. Oh, yeah. But work rate. I'm, I'm taking option C. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, is, what is this guy talking about? It's Money Mike. I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking option C. <laughs> what overall expectations for the big man represents? Do you think the big man represents big man? Yeah, I know. I know. Way over my head. So anyway, uh, Mike. Yes. Um, 
I don't think it's overused. I think there's only a few big men out there. And I, I feel like it's still important today to have a giant out there, a novelty, a, uh, an attraction, if you will. I don't think it's overused. And uh, crowd response is very important. However, um, sometimes people just don't care. Uh, they like what, you know, Coach Rosie likes, the young bucks, jumping off, doing seven flips off the top rope. That's what's in now, uh, I, or whatever. Um, uh, Sammy doing a cutter off of a ladder. These guys can't do that kind of stuff. And I, I think that is what today is, but I still think there's a place for it. Um, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I'm talking about my fucking ass. I got you, bud. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Good. Thank God. Because I don't even know what right. I'm talking about. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, if you, in, in history and then now, you have your giants, you have your bad guys, you know, the unstoppable guy, whatever. There has to be that villain for your top baby face, your your hope and prayer man to to build up to because this there's always got to be this giant that just destroys everybody and everything and so you have there's this you know this there's just our hope here he comes this might be the man that can finally beat the giant that rules everything so there always has to be that giant around for our baby face to build up to and hopefully he can beat the giant so it's just it's storytelling um, they did it better back then than they do now because there's so many big guys now. Uh, just like when Kane was introduced, Undertaker's like, oh, God, it's really him. And we didn't think Undertaker would ever beat Kane because Kane was unstoppable. He pulled the, the, the door off of the cage, you know. So, And then Undertaker finally beat his brother. He finally beat the red, big red machine. So I think it just has to do with storytelling. And there's always going to be that giant. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. You know what? I hope right. it don't. You're right. You know who I think of? I think of uh, King Kong Bundy. Obviously, never really worked that well, but he was a big heel giant. And I was a big fan back then. I think that was, uh, I don't know if it was 88 or 89, 86. And I was I was into it. And and it was a giant that he had to overcome. He had to overcome all those giants. Hulk Hogan, that's who I'm talking about. I mean, that's why I'm a fan today. I'm not as big of a fan as I used to be, but I'm a fan back then because of him. And, uh, you know, you're right. So, uh, thank you for the save, because I was talking on my ass. Uh, where'd James go? I got two middle fingers looking up at me here. Well, you know, we were just talking about a uh, big man in the troop, and uh, you know, my bladder was feeling real big man there for a second. So <laughs> I swear to God, I thought he had his shirt off or something. I was like, Oh, oh God, man. no! Yeah, you want to read uh, second question? I don't have any body shame unless, well, I do have a lot of body shame unless I get drunk, and then it's like, like Hey, the we got a pool, cool, bam, let's Coach go. Taking his shirt off. Good out. <laughs> that being said, I believe uh, our next question comes to us from Eric Lewis. And thank you. I know uh, I see your name uh, floating around. So I uh, greatly appreciate the uh, support. You know, I know that I don't believe any of us really know you that well, but hey. Oh, I know Eric. Eric's a hell of a guy. Oh, uh, well, there you go. No, no, Eric. Eric really knows the game. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to his question. It's well, actually. He can be easy it can be our easy E. It's a good one, too. And it's actually uh, crowd interactive and all this stuff. We're not writing a fucking uh, thesis like uh, Money Mike's. We're actually uh, having a little uh, go with this. Which I got a C minus on. There you go. Go ahead. Um, Money Mike's just says he's smart and it's hard for me to keep up. <laughs> That's why you know, I talk <laughs> shit. Still hate Money Mike. You're a boy. Yeah, you are. Uh, so uh, this is the cool thing about Eric. The very first very first four words of his question for those who drink 
you have my attention. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about here? So Eric chimes in, and uh, I'll just do one question at a time. We'll kick it to everybody, and then you go on. So the first one, for those who drink, what's everyone's favorite shot? Um, tequila. And I don't want any of that salt or freaking any of that bullshit. Yeah, because you don't fruit the uh, alcohol, do you, Brad? Yeah, I do. I do have my ah. And maybe a little even orange with that, uh, what's that bullshit, Belgium green? Blue moon? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. It tastes like an orange. Why do you need to add an orange? I don't like that white ale. I don't get it. That being said, uh, Devin, you're uh, the youngest one. Let's uh, see you break your parents' heart. What's your favorite shot? Please say milk. I love it if you just say milk, please. Or breast milk. I love it. Uh, of actual shots, I'm just going classic Captain Morgan. A shot? A shot? Rum? You should try Sailor Jerry Not sometime. with a micro Coke or anything like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was alcoholic. If, uh, huh. if we're not going alcoholic, I'll give me some real good H2O, you know. I hear you. Keep your body healthy. Keep your cock hard. I never heard of anybody doing a shot of Captain Morgan. Never. Well, because uh, there's not any men in Philadelphia, Brad. Oh, okay, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Only Rocky. Here, not sure that Does the tequila burn the horse feces out of the mouth, I guess? Google Google Philly fans and horse shit. That's all I gotta say. All right, let me get on that. That being said, yeah. Hey, we can we can post it on the episode. That being said, uh, who's up next? Rosie, what's your favorite shot? Without a shadow of a doubt, the best shot to ever have is Jaeger. Whether I'm 48 or 18, Jaeger. All my notes just fell on the floor because of that bullshit answer. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, I'm not much of a liquor drinker, but if I had a shot, it's going to be Canadian Mist. <laughs> right up. Straight Walmart on that. My man. My man. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I'm a big shot, you I'm going to get a gallon for eight fucking bucks. Oh. That's probably why. Hell, gas yeah. is more expensive than fucking Canadian mist. Mike just proves how fucking yeah. redneck he really is. For real. <laughs> <laughs> you We're talking about a demographic and a socioeconomic demographic. Never would have got that one. You could have given me unlimited guesses. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, what the? All How about right. Evan Williams? Hey. <laughs> All right. Who's hey, left? Uh, chilled Crown. I mean, just give me Crown. It's got to be cold. And I like I'm a Crown guy. Well, I, got a, I got a twofer on this one. If I'm at a bar and let's say, you know, things are going well and all that stuff, I'm probably going to take Rumble Mints. Because number one, it's 100 proof, which is actually really strong. Number two, it's just like mouthwash. So you'll be smelling really minty after you take it. That way, when you go and talk to the lady, your breast smells good. So not only do you get the liquid courage, you get the uh, minty breath. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. Very well. Another one. (laughs) Well, shout out to uh, my Delta Cop brother in Mississippi State. They ain't listening, but uh, we used to pass around Goldschlager. Until the bottle was gone, but that's a different. I don't know why Brad's. Oh, mighty open cave he got there. Shout out to my sick top brothers. Okay, all right. But uh, another <laughs> shot, and I kind of like this one. It's where you take an Irish car bomb 
and you, you know you drop the thing in the Irish car bomb, you chug that, and then you follow it up with a shot of fireball. So it's a car oh, bomb ooh. followed by a fireball. I call it the Paul Walker. What about the thing that's on fire, the flaming Dr. Pepper? Do you remember that? No, that no, you just, <laughs> wow. I got I caught that. I caught that shit. I love the coach of sons, like, yeah, I'm in. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. I've seen someone do that on TikTok where they put a fireball in it. Yeah. By the way, uh, Coach's son is on. <laughs> Di Serono, Di Serono <laughs> is, uh, you make flaming Dr. Pepper. Him early. He calls it the and, Paul Walker. Wow. Yeah, it's an Irish car bomb followed by a fireball. Yeah, yeah, car bomb, fireball. There you go. Coach, is this a sign that it's his his birthday? Wow. Believe it or not, there is a part two to this Uh, question. Um, I lost all my notes. Don't worry, I got it uh, pulled up. I got it pulled up on the Kickout Crew Twitter. That is at Kickout Crew on Twitter. Well done, my friend. If you want to submit your questions like these, which Eric, my goodness, he's on a roll. And his second question happens to be, who from a KLC hits the floor first at Top Guy Weekend? And I think Frank, we all know the motherfucker. <laughs> His name is Mike Whitaker. He weighs about a buck twenty. He drank about one hundred and twenty drinks, and I knew this answer eleven hours. Ago. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I say I'm no one. <laughs> Adam's not really a drinker, so he's not going to do it. I Better mean, off. I. I'm going to say that I'm conditioned to drink for prolonged periods of time. Granted, though, last year, I did have a 13-hour drive beforehand. Hey, man, however you want to church it up. I'm I'm going to. to. (laughs) I'm going to. Actually, Rob Hewitt, shout out. I don't know if he listens. He had one mixed drink at lunch, and he passed out for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Hewitt. All about eating, guys. It's all about eating. (laughs) So is that, uh, I think we all pretty much agree that Mike more than likely. Me. If Devin went there, boy, you'd have a fun Thursday night, buddy. We wouldn't ruin the weekend for you, but you'd have a fun Thursday night in a terrible Friday morning. <laughs> but uh, the next you. question, you're forced to eat a salad. What's in it? I'll answer that first. Beef or chicken? A toss salad. Hopefully, Nia. Of course. Yeah. I am from, <laughs> from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We put fried fries in everything. Ooh, I ate a Permanis one time. French fries on the sandwich? They put, it in, nice they put in the salad, too. That is a fucking awesome place, too. So you steak in the salad. Shout out to Megan Nelson. <laughs> so I'll say, well, I mean, you know, you get your cheese and, you know, ranch. I'm a ranch dude, but. A little bit of oh, yeah. steak. Give me a chicken bacon ranch salad all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. a thousand down. grams of sodium and a thousand grams of fat, but it's a salad, all right. Do you toss that yourself, or you have it done for you? <laughs> Erica, probably, Erica probably tosses a salad it. for him. Oh, thank you. you, thank you. I'll be here next. <laughs> you kiss that to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He actually had five questions. Bring another one. Adam fucking Adam, Adam underhand through that one, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm Barry Bonds in this one. Hey. <laughs> oh, for all you baseball fucks out there, I guess you'll get that joke. How long I'm not talking we, about horsehead. How long until we see XFL 3.0? <laughs> no. If another pandemic XFL the 2.0 one was really, really good. COVID killed it, but it was really yeah, good. 
That's true. Yeah. St. Louis sold out their games every time they played. Actually, I did read something where they said uh, in February 2023. And then That's he also wants to know if we knew the difference between a hot dish and a casserole, which is just so random. I like breakfast casserole. So, as a former deacon in the Baptist church, <laughs> I can tell you that there is a huge difference because a good uh, casserole will have cream of mushroom soup in it. Any good uh, Christian faith will have a cream of whatever soup is in the casserole. Cream of mushroom, cream of celery, cream of chicken. If you got that in there, you're good to go. And in the South, you put green beans in it. Oh, yeah. um, I was told that a casserole can have anything in it where a hot dish has to be very specific. Uh, That was called Google and um, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) somebody is their homework um there's one final question from our buddy eros who is a great question asker he's so great on discord with the uh questions i love when he uh puts them out there he says the term big man too ambiguous are there individuals who are not considered big men in one era compared to another yeah absolutely right i mean we they keep getting bigger um for yeah, as the more as, as taller people get more athletic, then you do have to be like, like that's uh, the dude they just debuted in AEW. I don't remember his name. Stantham Singh or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, Stantham Singh. One in a billion. Him and Omos, like, because now you could have like guys that are six ten doing all these fucking tope suicida bullshits and all that stuff. So it's kind of like you have to keep up in the ante to say. Well, would Bobby Lashley be considered a big man in the eighties? He's not tall. He's not tall. That's why I say it like that. He's not. He's obviously yeah. Know that, but he's not tall. So I would say yes. He would be more like an Andre the Giant, or not Andre the Giant. I mean, uh, King Kong Bundy size, not weight, but like, but not the height. So I think I see what he's saying. Like maybe a Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, Fucking big boss man. Big boss man Vader. Big boss man Vader. Uh, You know. Today they might yeah, not feel as they were. I was were thinking there. of his Crockett name, but it blinked me at the time. No, but see, all those guys were fat. They weren't muscular. But that was okay back then, like a yeah. Lars Sullivan. Remember, like I said, Lars Sullivan last week, the throwback. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, he was big, but he was also, he wasn't ripped by any means. According to the movies he was in, I heard he got ripped. And rumor yeah, has got it, a review of that next rumor week. Rumor has it, he shit his pants. No, I don't. <laughs> Hey, Most going back and watching that match, that may have been a spot in his tights when he was taking steps, and it looked like there was a per, like a doo doo, not, not like a brown spot. I'm talking about like a protuberance. But after watching it, I was like, he may just be like when one leg goes up and one leg's down on the ramp or on the uh, ladder, it may have made a little like crease, and that's why I was like, oh, he shit himself. When in reality, it could have just been like the fabric. <laughs> I'll admit my faults because I'm a grown ass man. I did like uh, Bam Bam Bigelow back in the day. He's from uh, Asbury Park. Uh, area in New Jersey. My one of my best friends here, my best man at my wedding. His father actually taught him in high school. Said he was the most he was the most polite young man he's ever met. Can you believe that? The guy with the flames on his head, right? What's funny is we were uh I was discussing this uh future taping with uh, a fan of the show, Randy L. Corai, also happens to be my father. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be uh, talking about a couple of big man matches. And no shit, the first thing he goes, you know what big man I really liked? Bam Bam Bigelow is like straight up was his answer. 
Hey, which I see, they see he's grilling a couple good steaks on the grill tonight. Oh, God, Mike, you're going to have him fucking, <laughs> his head's about to be this big now that you mentioned, like. Let it. Well, you know, son, <laughs> hey, your, your boy mentioned my grilling on the old show. <laughs> Bring him on minute, next week. You know. <laughs> Bring Randy on. I like him. I like oh, Randy. Oh, God. Guy. He's the best, dude. He really is. Our first special guest is. What? <laughs> uh, I lost my internet for like five seconds, ten seconds there. Sorry, guys. No way. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't talking, so you guys must have loved every bit of that, huh? <laughs> Am I, well, I mean, you're the host, so our rating, our quarter right, hour ratings probably went it's down. It's your show, you Brad. It's your show, man. Yeah, the quarter hour ratings took a dip when Brad wasn't talking. Hey, we're coming mm-hmm. on two hours. What yeah, the heck? I, I, People are going to start complaining. Kill me. I've came on worse. Right. Bring it home, buddy. Bring it home. <laughs> I got it. Like I let that statement hung out there. Now I got to bring it on home. Well, uh, do we have an exciting uh, update on a trial that happens to be going, or are we still collecting evidence? Well, all I can say is this. Our judge, for the people in the know and the ad-free communities, our judge is in Nashville, Tennessee this week. And no, it's not Jeff Jarrett. He's visiting Nashville, Tennessee this week. You can go on Twitter to find out who that is. And when he comes, I have not told him anything about the case, but one thing that he knows is that Devin Dowling is a piece of shit. (laughs) So he knows. And plus, whoever called me a jerk off on on Mailbag with Mike Kyoto. Pauly B. This man right here, Devin Dowling, you can have him because this man is a traitor. This man is not ready for the big time. He's got his girlfriend wrapped around his finger, or she's got him wrapped around his finger. I love Erica. It's my fiance. He's in love, and that's a beautiful thing, but not when it comes to the kickout crew because he's putting shows that have a little bit more notoriety over us. And you know what, Polly B I'm no jerk off, but the guy over uh, to the right of me, Devin Dowling, he's a prime example of a jerk off, a guy that is disloyal. That is not for the cause. And his lawyer, Adam is a, two-bit shyster and you know what when the facts come out Devin Dowling will be found guilty of treason wow uh, Joshua Rosenbaugh does not speak on behalf of the kickout crew strong um, allegations strong allegations <laughs> I was like my client Devin was just I got you first off I want to file defamation of character you cannot sit there and slander him without probable without evidence I want a motion of discovery I want to see the evidence you have against my client and you're also going against his first amendment right of freedom of speech he's allowed to say what his opinion is you can't tell him that he can't have his opinion this is his first amendment right guarantee me oh boy. this shit on out sorry this I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Stay tuned. Thank you, Lawyer Adam. Stay tuned. No contempt. <laughs> no contempt with the outburst. There's no contempt. In fact, 
court is in recession, but I will allow the violent outburst for dramatic effect. Fuck you guys. I'm turning off my camera. <laughs> All right, well, well, it, uh, it appears uh, it's about that time. <laughs> so let's bring it on home. My goodness, did we learn a lot today? Or I hope y'all did, because Lord knows, uh, you know, we blabbed enough. An exciting uh, episode five. I can't wait for the positive feedback from this. I hope you guys had a fun time. Uh, for for the audience, glad for uh, joining the ride. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Kickout Crew. You can uh, email, please email at uh, any given time. Fucking keep the uh, email active. You know, somebody's got to email at some point in time kickoutcrewpod at gmail.com you can always hit us up on facebook too we have a booming facebook page by all means we have a youtube page also we post clips all the time we love the fan interaction the fan feedback but that's enough about me shilling because i'm terrible at shilling the product but i'll say this much my name is james elicori i greatly thank you for uh, listening to us i'm gonna kick it on down to uh Brad Stanton. Brad, give everybody your name, your twits, and all that stuff. I am Brad Stanton. I am Yes Man Brad on Twitter. Hit me up anytime. Hell yeah, Brad. Uh, up next, big time Bama, Mr. Two Paws. Adam, tell the people where they can reach you at. Uh, I was just Adam underscore from underscore Bama. Shoot, me, shoot at me anytime, uh, but it's, this ain't about me. I just want to you know, to bring up the Marathon Mania Madness, June 4th. Um, organization for Autism Research, all donations, money, going straight for that cause. It's a great cause. Phil Jackson, Frank Bruno, get a hold of any of these guys. They can tell you more about it. Yep, that is uh, in conjunction. That is a Top Guy Theater production for sure. So, Adam, uh, that is his other uh, podcast he's part of, and we're uh, – more than happy to support that for sure because adam's one of our own he's one of our own and i don't mean us on the screen i mean y'all at home too that being said uh adam thank you uh that's part of top guy weekends uh, initiative you can uh search for them on twitter facebook wherever you find everything and they have a youtube channel also it's a good cause it's worth supporting so uh you know it, a little bit helps a long way and if a lot of people give a little then i'll be damned we did a lot so, uh, Devin, I'm going to kick it to you next. Devin, let the people know where they can reach you and all that stuff. I am uh, Devin D19. You can reach me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, however you want to. Uh, I thought this was another fun episode today. Uh, two big man matches. We're both, uh, bless you, Mike. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, there is one last thing I want to point out. We forgot my Devin, Devin's demographic of the week. So real quick, I uh, I just wanted to point out that we this week, Devin's demographic of the week was sponsored by Mike Kyoto's Monday Mailbag with Paul B and Mike Kyoto. So uh, it really is just uh, this 80s phone game I've really been loving. It's 80s Mania Wrestling Returns. I don't know if you guys have ever played it, but I've been obsessed with it for the past like two years now. He's collect cards, book your own shows, mm -hmm. cards similar to old style guys. But I just wanted to try to put that in real quick. And uh, yeah, it was another fun episode this week. I love spending time with you guys. It's always fun. Love talking wrestling. So I like that game. That game is a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate the fact that you have already sold out. That being said, uh, 
Mr. Whitaker, our man Mike, our meet Mike, you know. Go ahead, man. Mike, uh, let the people know where to get you at and tell them all about your shits. Mike's Meet Minute right here. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Whitaker1028. Just hit me up and, you know, let's talk to shit. All right. And last but not least, and certainly the main event, and uh, it seems like he's got a, a little uh, extra tag along there, a little plus one. Happens to be his son in a shoot style. This is his birthday, so wherever you hear Happy this. Happy birthday. You can, uh, you can track it that way if you Happy want to birthday. line up the dates. But Andrew, big dog, happy birthday. But Coach Rosie, take it away, my friend. Well, uh this is sponsored by the true referee, Brian Hebner, and his wonderful show, Roughing It Up uh, with RJ. Uh, I would like to say, please follow my son, Andrew Rosenbaum, on Facebook. He turned 16 today. Uh, I love him. He's going to be a junior in high school next year. He's a hell of a tennis player, a great overall guy, and uh, he's got my blood, so you know he's a hell of a kid. And uh, he's going to do great things in life. Um, Devin, you can only hope to be one-tenth of what my son is. So good luck. And RJ, you have the best referee show in America. And uh, it's an honor to be able to uh, have you sponsor this moment. Thank you very much. I'll be damned. I like the, the plug for that. Rosie, some would say that it was a free of any filter, I guess. But uh, that being said, I would assume, uh, you know, we're not uh, we're going to leave here because we've already talked up enough shit. I got a piss. I think on our next episode, (laughs) there could be some hell in a cell. Oh, but that's just something you're going to have to stay tuned to our Twitter and socials to find out on. Make sure to like and subscribe. Turn on post notifications, you know. Exactly. There we go. And tell a friend, be a friend, tell a friend. And uh, I guess that's all we have. So from behalf of the Kickout crew, which is us and also you, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have a good do- Have a good week. And by God, always kick out at two. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you.